Hello there, everyone, and welcome back, you guys, for another episode of the Mr. Healthy Habits Show. Thank you for continuing with me along this journey and joining me here once again. Today, I have got a very interesting topic, a very fascinating one for you guys. This comes from a lecture or series of lectures that I've been listening to recently from the Great Courses series called Understanding Metaphysics. Uh, It's a very fascinating series of lectures and I highly recommend it to everyone out there who's listening. So, the main subject of this first series of lectures in the Great Courses series is the idea that we are all really just a chemical biological response to the external environment around us. That's really all we are, is just a collection of cells and neurons and electrical impulses and microbiology come together for the purpose of survival against the forces of an external environment beyond our control. Now, I know I've discussed such topics here with you in previous podcasts, but we're going to go a little deeper into the subject here today, and we're going to start off with more discussion on what exactly the soul is. Now, this series of lectures and what I've learned from other lectures on science and philosophy is that the soul really is nothing more than a concept created by the mind. The soul is a concept created by the mind in an attempt to survive after the body has shut down. See, the chemical biological response that we are is geared towards one thing, surviving. Everything we do is for the sake of survival. That is all this biological machine that I am is trying to do. So it's only logical to deduce that the brain is going to try to somehow survive after it has shut down. And we do this by creating this concept of a soul, this belief that we will somehow continue on after we have passed on and that there is something about us that does go on and exist throughout eternity. It really is nothing more than a concept created by a brain trying to survive an environment that it knows eventually it will succumb to. This concept of a soul, like many others, is created by a chemical biological response. Really, when you look at it at the heart of the matter, our our biology sees the possibility of death in the future and will have a chemical response within the brain that will allow us to conceptualize all these different possibilities for survival and choose one. And one way that we have all uniformly as a species have decided that we are to continue after death is by the conceptualization of the possibility of a soul. It really is just a biological response to a possibility that we foresee in the future. 
and we will go even further and discuss the subject of suffering. What is suffering? That is a question that has plagued mankind for quite some time. But modern science can actually answer that question quite thoroughly. What is suffering and why do we suffer? And that could be a discussion for a whole nother podcast that we might get into. But at the heart of it, suffering also is a chemical biological response of the brain to an external environment. It's designed, it's a chemical biological response designed to steer us away from that is that which is detrimental to our chances of survival and towards that which is beneficial to our chances of survival. And let's think about this here. When something happens in your life that causes suffering, where is that? What does that come from? I mean, that's not really something that exists in nature. Suffering is really a metaphysical concept. Who says that you have to suffer because of XYZ happened in your life? Suffering does not exist in reality. It's a concept created by the brain so that we can discuss what ills us for the purpose of survival and also to steer us away from that that is detrimental to our health and our being and our chances for survival. For example, when you lose a loved one and you feel sad, what is that? That feeling that you get? Well, science has an answer for that and it is the chemical secretion of hormones and enzymes within your brain that causes this experience of suffering. And as I've said, it is there for the purpose of steering us towards that which is beneficial to us. That's really all it is. That's all suffering is. The same thing with happiness. Happiness is a concept created by the brain. If suffering works the same way and we have to ask, ask the question, why do we feel suffering? What is that? What about happiness? When you think about your kids and your loved ones and you get those happy feelings and sensations, what is that? What is that? Well, again, science would say that it is a biochemical response in the brain to steer us towards that which is beneficial to us. When I hug my daughter and I get happy feelings and sensations, that is because she is beneficial to my survival. My being will survive through her. My concepts and ideas and the things that I share and the things that I teach her will survive long after I'm gone through her. So it is a benefit to me to make sure that she lives a happy life where she could communicate these things. So hugging my daughter is extremely beneficial to my well-being and allows that chemical release in my brain that steers me towards the idea to do more of that. At the heart of it, you can make a pretty compelling argument that happiness, sadness, suffering, that's really all it is. It's just biology at work. This is also in line with teachings from the Buddha, teachings of science and philosophy. 
And it also falls in line with the concept that we really don't have free will or choice and it all is a myth. It is biology at work and chemical secretion and chemical biology and cells working together for the purpose of survival. We are completely dependent on our external environment for our reactions. Now, I know that doesn't sit well with many. We want to believe that we are somehow this being that can shape the world into what we want it to. But modern science today just tells us that that is really not the case, that we are very much a reaction to the environment. Things happen outside of us. We see things. We hear things. You're listening to the sound of my voice right now, and that is going to have an influence on you. You can choose to go about life and say, oh, well, I'm not going to let that influence me today. But that is your past experiences and which your brain has recorded over time reacting for the purpose of survival. It is convinced that is not, it is not beneficial to you to believe such things, so then it's going to have a chemical biological response to steer you away. Or it may decide that this is beneficial to you and that there is great peace in believing this and may steer you towards what I'm trying to say here today. Everything that happens to us, everything that we hear, see, and think is dependent on external forces. When you are born as a baby, you are born with with nothing but a body really and it is those influences that come into your life over time that shape you as a person and as we get older everything that our brain has recorded and that has been inputted into our brain is used by us in the future for decision-making purposes our brain when faced with the, with a decision will weigh out its the possibilities as well as our past experiences and influences and what it has learned over the course of our lives which will direct the decision that the brain will make decision making is largely a biological process in fact it is a biological process when you're faced with the decision, your brain will release chemicals and enzymes that will start to influence it to gain experience and recall past influences and will also biologically make that decision. You see, decision making is in fact very much so a process of biology. Very much like the breathing of our lungs or the beating of our heart. For example, when you move, if you raise your arm above your head, you believe that you consciously did that. But when you really think about it, the muscles in your body, you didn't necessarily control those muscles. Did you use your mind to contract those muscles? Did you contract those muscles with your brain? No, you developed this concept of movement and requested or otherwise developed this idea in your head to move your arm and you moved it. You did not consciously take part in the biological process that was moving your arm. That is all just 
brain chemistry influencing the muscles in our body to go ahead and move. It's not so much a conscious decision that that we believe it to be. We believe that we consciously said, I'm going to move my arm and move my arm. But you have no control over the muscular cells in your arm that contract, forcing that arm to move. You really, it's not like you can communicate with those cells and say contract. As a matter of fact, contraction, contracting your the muscles in your arm were really not a thought in your head at all. It was just something that your brain naturally did. Decision making is very much the same way. It's very much a biological process that takes place inside of our brain. As a matter of fact, we actually know what part of the brain controls decision making. It's your frontal lobe. I've used examples in previous episodes where we've talked about people that have had damage to their frontal lobe and their personality shifts and they make decisions that they normally would not had made otherwise. Uh, by having a completely different personality, it causes them to look at the world in a different way and to go about life making decisions that they would not have previously because you've altered the biological composition of their brain. If decision-making was not a biological process, then physically altering the brain would not alter someone's decision-making ability. You see, at the end of the day, we don't make our brain do things. Our brain, our physical brain, makes us do things. That makes us move, it makes our heart beat, it makes us think, it makes us make decisions. And it's a product of biology, not some medical, metaphysical thing that we've conceptualized exist. The same can also be said for the concept of love. Love is a concept created by the brain. It's, it's something that we conceptualized and made up all on our own. It's not a thing that exists in reality. It's a response to a chemical bio biological process in our brain and the secretion of hormones and enzymes and whatnot that give us this sensation that we then conceptualize an idea to describe that sensation as being love. It's something that we very much created to describe a biological process that takes place with inside. Now that biological process of the feeling of love that is pervasive in our bodies when we come in contact with someone that provokes that kind of stimulus inside of our body is again to steer us towards that which is beneficial to our survival and steer us away from that which is detrimental to our survival. The feelings and sensations in our body that take place due to chemical stimulation that we interpret in as love is really the body's way of signaling us that this person or this idea or this way of being is right for us and this is what is going to help us live a successful life. 
the same can be said for hatred. Hatred, just the same, is a biological process. It's a idea that we have conceptualized to describe a biological process that takes place inside to deter us away from that is with that which is beneficial to our survival. And we'll go even further here, and we're going to discuss color. Take, for example, the color red. Where does the color red come from? Now, we all already know that the color red is just a light wave bouncing off of an object back into our eyes at a certain frequency that produces the color red. Light will shine on something and all of the uh, uh, energy spectrum is absorbed except for certain waves that reflect off of that object and enters our optic nerves and is sent to our brain where a this phenomena of a color is produced and to this day we really don't know exactly how that phenomena is produced when you really think about it light color is just a particle wave that's all it is the color red does not exist in reality. The color red is just a particle wave that is absorbed by our brain where this red phenomena is somehow produced. The color red is something that we very much conceptualized and created in our mind, just as love and as happiness and as suffering and as sorrow is. Now, why did we do this? How did we do this? How exactly we did this? We are not quite sure. But why did we do this? It is biology and evolution at work. As a species, it was advantageous for our survival, for our biology to conceptualize color. It is what helped us find food during early stages of man. We conceptualize color in the brain because it helped us to find food. When you think about it, it really is by no coincidence that our blood is red. When you look at your own blood, it's red. Now, there's not many things that are red in nature. If you walk through a forest or any any habitable areas that early man would have lived in, you're not going to see a lot of red. It's not a color that really exists very often. But if you're cut and you're injured and you need to know about it, our blood is red. That's a warning sign. And also at the same time, our blood is not red because red is just a particle wave. That's all it is. But our brain has learned to interpret that wave signal from our blood as the color red, as a biological response to aid us in survival so that we can easily tell when we're bleeding. It's the same reason why the sky is blue. That's a truth that we hold very closely to the heart to to be true is that we have a blue sky above us but again the sky is not blue blue is just a particle wave 
It's just a particle wave that our brain has somehow interpreted and manifested this phenomena of a blue sky using this particle wave. Because for some reason, it is biologically advantageous to us to see a blue sky above us. It is beneficial for our survival. So our biology will take this particle wave and interpret and create this phenomena of a blue sky. That is how our bodies primarily work. And again, it's the same with love and happiness and sorrow and anger and hatred and all human traits combined, as well as the conceptualization of a soul and life after death. I mean, if it was more biologically advantageous to us to see an orange sky, the sky would be orange. But it's not. It is just a particle wave that our brain interprets as blue. The same thing with touch, with feel, with smell, with all of our senses. The world that we live in is just an illusion created by the brain. And in upcoming episodes, we are going to discuss why this matters, why this is important, and how exactly that we could find peace in this. How we could find peace, how we could find happiness, and how we can let go of suffering by simply knowing these things. That is what I'm going to bring you in an upcoming episode. And I thank you very much here for joining me. I thank you so much for listening and for allowing me to get this out and share this with you. It's something that has struck me in very profound ways as many of the things that I have studied have. And I look forward to sharing this and future episodes with you on this topic and many others. Uh, again, I've got mo episodes coming out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And it's not just this kind of stuff. I'll, I will be talking a lot of health and fitness related stuff too because I know I've got a weight loss story behind me and many people that listen to me look forward to the weight loss advice. So thank you all. Thank you all so much. I love you guys. And uh, uh, thanks again, man. I mean, follow me wherever you're getting this podcast. Uh, follow me on Instagram at philosophical.reminders. And uh, search for the Mr. Healthy Habits show and subscribe. And I will bring episodes to you on this topic and further topic topics in the days and months to come. You guys have a blessed one. Take care.